As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Saturday Slammin' Jam, hosted by Andrew Schlicht with Alex Spears. How about we can just watch basketball? That's a man's jam! I like that idea. Live from Oklahoma. With questions and participants from all around the world. That on a poster! Whether you're flipping your flapjacks, tending to your yard, or just sipping your coffee, get ready, sit back, relax. It's the Saturday Slammin' Jam. Back is, I missed this shot, I'll walk away, I'm still a chump. Here's Andrew. Welcome to the Saturday Slam and Jam. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. Go to theathletic.com slash NBA show and get The Athletic for $1 a month for six months. <laughs> Trade season is upon us, Al. There's a lot going on in the NBA. We will get to that. But first, tell me what happened in the NBA this week. Well, Andrew, it all started on Friday, but I have way too much to talk about on Saturday. So we're skipping Friday on get Saturday. NBA fans woke up on Saturday morning to learn that things weren't as they appeared in Memphis. Reddit user AdMassive6666 posted a damning analysis of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s home road splits on the NBA subreddit. The Defensive Player of the Year leader saw an 89% increase in blocks and 120% increase in steals when playing in Memphis compared to playing on the road. The NBA world was stunned. In response, Caesar Sportsbook removed Defensive Player of the Year betting off the board. Had a massive conspiracy been revealed? Well, as it turns out, Andrew, all NBA games are recorded. You can watch them. And enough people went back and watched the plays in question and came to the same conclusion that there wasn't a lot there. Which brings up the obvious question, was this all a ruse to get people to pay attention to how good Jaron Jackson Jr. has been on defense this year? Andrew, do you remember the poster's username? Ad Massive 6666. Was this mm-hmm. post just a massive ad for Jaron Jackson Jr.? Andrew, what's the significance of the number 6666? The devil? No, Andrew, I Googled it. I found some random numerology website that claims wow. that the number 6666 is an angel number that represents <sighs> abundance, prosperity, and good luck. Abundance, blocks and steals. Prosperity, Grizzlies have the second best record in the West. Good luck. What happened later in the week? Jaron Jackson Jr. was selected to his first All-Star game. Wow. We've been taken for fools, Andrew, and fell right into this angel's trap. 
<laughs> After we all wasted our Saturday mornings, it was time for Denver versus Philly and a matchup of two of the leading MVP candidates, Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Now, both centers played well in the first half, but Denver yeah. went into halftime with a 15-point lead. But in the second half, Philly stymied Jokic with P.J. Tucker, and on the other end, it was all Embiid, who finished the game with 47-18-5, including four threes, three steals, and two blocks. The Sixers continue their hot streak, having moved within a half game of Milwaukee for second in the East. Actually, it may be a full game now. Rivalry week continued with a Lakers-Celtics nightcap. The game had 19 lead changes, 15 ties, and came down to the final moments of the game with the game tied at 105. LeBron James drove for a layup. And as the replay showed, LeBron was clearly hit on the arm by Jason Tatum, but the foul wasn't called. LeBron collapsed to the floor in agony. The always resourceful Patrick Beverly grabbed a photographer's camera to show the referee a photo of the foul, an act which led to his ejection. In overtime, the Celtics pulled ahead and won 125-121. to 121. Now, in response to the missed call, the NBA Referees Union tweeted out the following message, quote, like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut-wrenching for us. <laughs> this play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be. Uh, seems a little much, don't you think? A little <laughs> dramatic. And listen, the only people who should be sleepless over this Lakers team are the people in the front office who have let the season get so far away from them that every loss feels like 10 losses. They yeah. should be releasing a statement like this after all these dumb losses. <laughs> all right, on to Sunday, where Giannis dropped 50 in a 135-110 to victory over the Pelicans. It was Giannis's fourth 50-point game in his career. Stay tuned for more of that. The Pelicans, meanwhile, had lost 10 in a row by the end of the week, bringing them all the way down to 26-27, 10th in the Western Conference, essentially tied with the Portland Trailblazers, who are in the 11th spot. Yikes! On Saturday, the day you are listening to this, the Pelicans are playing the Lakers. If the Pelicans lose, they will have the exact same record as the Lakers, which sounds impossible, but is true. <laughs> it's that On Monday, oh. it does. How is that possible? On Monday, the Wizards beat the Spurs 127 to 106. It was the first time the Wizards had won in San Antonio since 1999. 22 straight losses until this week. Uh, now, this wasn't a great game or anything, but I wanted to fit the Wizards in here somewhere because they are the current holders of the longest winning streak in the league, tied with Milwaukee, having won their last six games. Wizards fever wow. is sweeping the nation. Uh, and as a result, the Wizards are two games under 500 after that good stretch, but have moved up to the ninth spot, a game and a half up on the 11th. On Tuesday, the Lakers got some consolation for their overtime loss to the Celtics by beating the Knicks in overtime, 129 to 123 in Madison Square Garden. The Knicks came back from six down with a minute and a half left to send the game to overtime. Andrew, I was home watching this game. They got up by six with a minute and a half left. I decided to go pick up my burrito. I said, I'm good. I can go get my burrito now. No. Everything will be fine. I came back and it was in overtime, but it was the Lakers who held on for the win. LeBron had a 28-10-11 triple-double. And by the end of the week, he was only 63 points behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time points record. 
On Wednesday, the Minnesota Timberwolves won an overtime thriller over the Warriors. D'Angelo Russell scored 14 of his 29 points in the fourth quarter to bring the Wolves back from 11 down in the quarter and force overtime. Despite losing D'Lo to fouls early in overtime, the Wolves continued their good play, finishing off the Warriors 119-114. Now, it hasn't always been pretty, Andrew, but the Wolves have now gone 12-5 in the year 2023, which is the third best record in the new year. That's pretty cool. They are 28 and 26 overall and have moved up to sixth in the West. And finally, on Thursday, the All-Star Reserves were announced in the East. We've got Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, and Julius Randle. In the West, it's Paul George, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jaron Jackson Jr., Damian Lillard, Lowry Markkinen, John Morant, and Damanis Sabonis. Just some of the names that did not make the All-Star game include people like James Harden, Trey Young, Anthony Edwards, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brunson, Pascal Siakam, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis, and Devin Booker. What a year for snubs, Andrew. Uh, also on Thursday, I want to throw this in, Dylan Brooks. He hit Donovan Mitchell in the Nards. He set off a bench-clearing scuffle in an eventual Cavs win. And Giannis, remember he dropped 50 earlier? He dropped 54 yeah. on Thursday in a 21-point comeback over the Clippers. What a week it was, Andrew. What a week it was. And I thought, you know, we're, we're going to do a, a pod about trades. thought this should be fun. Mm. It's always fun to talk about fake trades. Love trades. And then at 12.52 p.m. Central Standard Time, we got a tweet from our very own Sham Sharania with breaking news. Brooklyn Nets all-star Kyrie Irving has requested a trade. The franchise <sighs> has been informed that Irving prefers to move on ahead of the February 9th trade deadline or he will leave in free agency in July. He, he followed up by saying that Kyrie has recently offered an extension with guarantee stipulations. Sources said the offer, which was declined, was not well-received. And then Mark Stein has reported that mm. the Mavs and Lakers will be engaging with the Nets ahead of the trade deadline. So... What a disastrous time for the Nets. This Everything seemed good. This is what I don't understand. Like, just two weeks ago, Kyrie was talking about how, why is it different this time with Durant out than last time? He said, everybody's all in. There's nobody that's not all in. Turns out, it's Liar. Kyrie that's not all in. Liar. I just don't yeah, understand. Is... He, needs, he needs somebody <sighs> in his ear just saying, hey, listen, dude, you are on your way to a max contract this summer. Just play basketball. Win, even if you only win one round in the playoffs, you're probably getting the max, man. Just chill. Just chill. You can walk. You can do whatever you want. But just play because you're really good. You've been playing so well. Things have been great. Just hang on, man. Just hang on. And he can't hang on. And he's demanding a trade, and I, I've got a ton of trades I want to to uh, dish out to you, Al. But Great. when you look at it, it's like, what? Who is possibly giving up anything of like significant value for this guy? Well, th this is why this is so frustrating because uh, Shams was on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, just he, probably, he might be on it right now, and they were asking him, you know, what other teams other than the Lakers? And Shams' response was like, "Oh well, it's the Lakers, I assume." Like. If you're not the Lakers, how could you possibly 
trade for Kyrie, knowing that he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Like the idea that the Mavs are involved, like they're confident enough in bringing in Kyrie that they don't think he's just going to walk this summer if the Lakers have the available cap space. Yeah. That's why this is so frustrating. And, you know, this trade deadline was looking like it could potentially be a dud. You know, there weren't going to maybe not be any huge deals. And so I I know beggars can't be choosers, Andrew, but, oh man, I was not expecting this. And and I'm not thrilled to talk about these deals because I think it's really hard to come up with a trade that makes sense for both sides. And the worst part of this for the Nets, if they had just been some middling team throughout this entire season, as they were at the beginning, you know, when they were down in the play-in conversation, okay, fine. You know, what are you losing? You can, you know, trade them to the Lakers, try to get those picks. You'll figure Mm -hmm. something out. But the fact that they were so good during that one stretch when they started rising up the standings, it does feel like you are losing something as the Nets. You are losing an opportunity potentially by, 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 if if you agree to whatever trade you're going to do with Kyrie. Uh, So anyways, let me hear what you got, Andrew. So you have to have one of these three qualities to trade mm. for Kyrie, okay? You have to one, be the Lakers. One, well, we'll get there. A very strong organization with a clear pecking order. You have to, that's okay. one of them. Another mm-hmm. quality that you have to have, you only have to have one of these, is just absolute desperation with no self-control and no self-reflection at all in your organization. And no okay? self-respect. I agree. Okay. No self-respect. Or number three, you have to be the Lakers. Okay. For it to make sense for you to do this. All right. The, the Lakers are the odds-on favorite. So here's the, the Vegas odds. Lakers, 2-1. to one. Miami, 3-1. to one. The Mavs, 4-1. to one. Clippers, 4-1. to one. Bulls, 7-1. to one. Hawks, 7-1. to one. Like, What in the world would the Hawks do? That's just like mind-boggling. Utah? What? What? 8-1? to one? Yeah. Minnesota? Like, Minnesota, we're just, we're just going to get to double down. Like, everything's going so poorly. Let's just <laughs> add Kyrie to the mix. Like, let's just double down. No. Uh, Sacramento Kings? Please. 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 And the Celtics, 100-1, to one, which I feel like is only there just for comedic purposes only, right? I wonder how that does work. Like, who... I mean, is it just an algorithm or is there an actual human who says, hey, we should put the jazz. We think Danny Ainge might want to reconnect with Kyrie in Utah. I have no clue. It makes no sense. Okay, trade number one for Kyrie. Here we go. Nets, Clippers. The Clippers get Kyrie Irving and Patty Mills. And the Nets get Marcus Morris Sr., Reggie Jackson, and Norman Powell. Who says no, Al? Brooklyn. Like, if, if, for all of these, I would say for most of these deals, do we agree that if KD comes back and is healthy and Kyrie is just playing like he has been, they could get back to where they were earlier in the season when things were looking really good? And if they're playing like that, they are, I don't know if we want to call them a contender because there are other things. You still have like the Ben Simmons question, but they're they're a good team who could win a couple playoffs, do you, right? I guess the question is like, do you trust Kyrie to even like give everything he's got for you in the playoffs? Well, like, if I did before, that's I like, guess I don't now. That's like part of me that's like, okay, like those are actually like three useful players. Like Reggie's not to do very what? good. He's fine. Marcus Morris, Norman Powell, dude. I don't know. I would trust those guys more than Kyrie on my team at, at this point in time. Yeah, for sure. But it's just like, but by, by that downgrade. 
I mean, Kyrie's obviously the best player in that deal. You're, you're giving up any hope of competing, like actually contending this year. It's over. And maybe it was already it's a, over before. It's so it is. Let me just okay. clue you so in on it, something, Al. It's over anyway. Okay, fine. So if it's over, then no. Why am I trading for random rotation guys? Like, get me to the deals where I'm getting something actually juicy because clearly I need to start thinking about the future. Here's the problem. You're not you're not getting anything juicy. Come on, give me a little something. You gotta Who's, something. Who is giving you anything juicy in any of these deals? What, the Lakers. Why would the Lakers not? I mean, if I'm the Lakers, I'm not giving you both picks. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Chicago is on this list. Okay. You're, you're obviously not going to like this deal either if you didn't <laughs> like the first deal. Okay. The uh-huh. contract of Lonzo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Alex Caruso and Kobe White for Kyrie. No. If I'm, if I'm Chicago, like I'm not... Like the Zach, I'm not thrilled with the Zach Levine deal. Maybe this is a way to like shift away from that five year Zach Levine deal, mm-hmm. where you just swap him and Levine, and you're just like, let's just see what happens. Like I'd be, I'd actually be fine with that. And then if you're, if you're Brooklyn, that might be the best you can do. So honestly, if it's going to happen, I feel like it has to be a deal like that where Brooklyn can at least tell themselves maybe we got someone who could be, you know, approach that level of Kyrie. And, yeah. and you know, Zach Levine obviously has had the injury issues. People are worried about his contract long-term. But he's still young enough where you can talk yourself into that. Because if it's not yeah. a deal like that, I don't want to do one of these deals like you just said. Lonzo <laughs> Ball and Alex Caruso. I mean, Alex Caruso is obviously like a big name on the, on the trade market right now. But yeah. th- th- you're not going anywhere. It's over yeah. at that point. Once again, it's already over. Like... <sighs> It is over. I I, do I have to tell you this after every trade? <laughs> that it's already over? <laughs> okay, well, if it's over, let's move on. We have to move on then. It's All these over. deals are not moving on. Okay. Uh, the Knicks step up to the plate. Okay. Derek Rose, Evan Fournier, Detroit's 23 first rounder, Washington's 23 first rounder. Uh-huh. And you're going to play Kyrie and Jalen Brunson as your, as your backcourt? Yeah, I... Yes, sure. I, okay. If yes. you're tra- again, let me tell you about the criteria that it <laughs> you have to no, I, I, I qualify know. for. <laughs> Absolutely desperate, no self control, no self reflection as an organization or self respect is the category I would put this one under. Yeah, this. I mean, I mean, so many of these are just going to be no immediately from the Brooklyn side for me. Um, yeah, because I almost just would rather just play it out and just have them leave this summer than just take back. A couple of random guys that aren't going to really move. Well, you, this one, this way. one is the picks. Like those guys, obviously, are not helping you all that much. But it's I know, the picks. I know. It's like those, you just those, get two picks. As you and I both know, though, those picks are pretty heavily protected. And it, you said the Washington pick. So the best that can be is like nine in twenty twenty six or something. And then yeah, the yeah, Detroit yeah. pick, can, the best can be is like eleven or something. Yeah. So neither of those are are particularly juicy. Um, but at least, at least you're getting to a place where I'm starting to think about the future, which I do appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Dallas. Yeah. What is it? What's going on here? It's tough because I don't. Obviously, like I don't think like Spencer Dinwiddie would go in a deal. So it's like you have this money. One, if you're Dallas, like I'm not giving up anything of significant value 
for Kyrie Irving. Like it's just like, hey, you're <laughs> desperate. I'm just giving you some some contracts basically, and I'll give you a protected first. So it'd have to be, and this is, and if I'm Brooklyn, like this is just a straight no. But like Bertans, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, and like, uh, oh my and like gosh. A, like a that is so much future money that you just Dude, I, dumped I, onto I, Brooklyn. I know. Just go to the but, next one. Dallas is a no. <laughs> They're not. I have they a hard time. A I know. I have a hard time concocting a deal that makes sense for both sides here. You yeah, because they don't have. They don't really have anything. They have no juice. You know. I mean, they so, have juice because they do have their future picks. But like you said, like that is such a but huge they don't, risk. Yeah. They can't use them all yet. You can only trade one right now because uh, of the pick that's owed. I thought you could trade two. But either way, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter because that would be such a huge risk. Like they are the type of team who who could make an all in superstar trade. You you cannot yeah. make that trade for Kyrie Irving. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Cannot. No. I would I would <sighs> say be be patient. Be as patient as you can, Mavericks. Don't don't do this. Okay, Miami Heat are also on the list. Yeah, they're from on Vegas. The, they're on the list, yeah. What about Kyle Lowry and Dwayne Dedman for Kyrie? <laughs> um, you can't give me any picks. Because Miami's a team who could at least tell themselves, we can convince Kyrie to stay beyond this year, if that is something yeah. that they're interested in doing. I know, I know. They have to yeah. be willing to give up more than that. Because the Lowry deal, that's, that's, I mean, that's not a good deal for Brooklyn. And Dwayne no. Dedman's just filler. He's you fair. have to you have to throw some picks in there, and they can do it. They do have picks. Yeah, they have picks. Well, how many picks would it take? What if it was like one top four protected first rounder? No, two, two, dude. This is Kyrie Irving on an expiring contract. No way. Then I'm just keeping. No him. way. Then I'm just keeping him play out the season. Well, then good luck because it's over anyways. <laughs> I'm gonna say it after every trade. It's over anyways. Okay, last one. Desperate team. They want to make a they they want to make a splash this summer. Why, might as well make the splash now. Okay. The Houston Rockets. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, what's this going to be? There's not a lot. There's not a lot to give here because they're not giving you any of their young guys, right? It's Eric Gordon. They can't spare one young guy. What young guy would you want? From I don't the Rockets. Know. I'm assuming Eric Gordon's in this deal. Who else are you putting? Because like you're not getting Jabari. What if I get, what if we gave you Tari Eason? Are yeah. That? Sure. Okay. How That's about the first time I've been mildly excited? Eric Gordon, Tari Eason, and Jay Sean Tate for Kyrie. You know what? From Brooklyn's perspective, that might be uh, my favorite one so far. Really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, and and this is a really interesting one too because I do think Houston would give him the extension that he wants. Because they just want they want to get out of the the tank. They're done. After and this they, year and they're they really done. want a level-headed vet who can come in to mentor the young guys on their team. So no, this really They are the in. They are in the absolutely desperate no self-control, no self-reflection and that's, that's who they are. That's who they are. Okay, Al. I told you earlier that I didn't have any trades with any juice to them. I lied. Yeah. This one's got a little yeah, bit of juice, juice You it. found some juice. There's some juice. There is yet some juice to squeeze. And okay. it's coming from the Suns. So it's been reported that the Suns are interested in Kyrie. Wild. And so this is a, this is a mega blockbuster trade that would shift 
the league. And also, keep the Suns in contention, keep the Nets in contention. So, now, Andrew, that's interesting that you say that because uh, this whole time you've been telling me that it's over for the Nets, even if they had Kyrie. So why why is it keeping the Suns in contention if they're now trading for the same guy? Very interesting. Hmm. It it feels over for the Suns. I think this would be an, an admission <laughs> that things are over in Phoenix. <laughs> I don't. If I uh, first of all, if I'm Phoenix. I'm not doing this. I yeah. I'm not. I was kind of shocked when that report came out. That I'm, was Shams too. This isn't like no. Th- yeah. This yeah. This Shams. Was Shams I am. I am not even thinking about this. I am. I'm putting my phone on silent and I am throwing it into some lake that's in Arizona. Is there a lake in Arizona? I don't know. I'm throwing it in. I'm saying just stay away. I'm not doing this. But this has some juice. Okay. Kyrie Irving. And Ben Simmons to the Suns for Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. Wait, what? I love how you tried to sneak uh, Ben Simmons in there. <laughs> I thought I thought this was going to be a straight like Kyrie and CP3 swap. Well, first of all, you can't do them straight up because Chris Paul makes what's the difference? Quite a bit less. Chris Paul's at twenty eight. Kyrie's at thirty six. Oh, okay. So just throw in Jay Crowder or throw in uh, Dario Saric. You know what? I thought about that, but I also thought about how can we also help them with this DeAndre Ayton mess that they've created? Oh, oh yeah, by giving them the Ben Simmons mess? Insert Ben, ben Simmons into this deal. I was pre- I was actually prepared, Andrew, because I thought you were just going to do a basic like Kyrie for CP3 thing. Yeah. To say, you know what? If the Nets do want to remain competitive, the way Chris Paul is playing right now, this that actually like might make some sense yeah. for them. Now I still don't get it from Phoenix's perspective, but yeah. whatever. I was I was excited. I was going to say, <laughs> oh, you know what? This one might actually make a little sense. And then you try to turn this into a, I, I honestly, get off Ben Simmons I got, too. I got really greedy with the amount of juice that I <laughs> that that I found here in Phoenix. Um, I love how you started this segment saying like no one's giving up anything for Kyrie (laughs) and then you include Ben Simmons who last week we talked about has like no trade value okay but a real serious one would be Jay Crowder and Chris Paul for Kyrie if I'm Brooklyn of all the ones you've told me yeah that makes the most sense yeah that's that one has if, the most if, juice if are, to it. If they yes. really believe that they can hold on to Kevin Durant, that he's not. By the time we release this pod, he hasn't also demanded a trade. Yeah, that that one in, this, could, in the scenario that he's staying, that one feels good to me. Yeah, keeps KD in town. I, I again, I'm not exactly sure why Phoenix does this. No idea. It would terrify me that they were included in that tweet. If I was a Suns fan, I know. Why? I know because. The guy that was like credited with like turning your team around. And I know that like Chris Paul, there's like a shelf life to Chris Paul. Like I I'm a I'm actually a believer in a lot of that stuff. But also, we're talking about Kyrie on an expiring contract. That worries me. And maybe they're maybe they're <sighs> scared of the extension that Chris Paul has. Maybe they just don't think it's gonna work out. Fine, whatever. I still this would not be the way that I go. I just I would not do it. I don't think it's a good idea. But this is almost just like, hey, here's a little bit of hope thrown out to the Nets fans. Like, hey, there's hope for something there. Because like Jay Crowder would probably be like, great, I get to go play with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Cool, I get out of this situation. 
and they basically it it basically is just a straight swap because you haven't had Jay Crowder anyways. So yeah, yeah. I uh, that's that's the that's the only juice that I've got here for you, Al. I think that one's fine. You know, you, you set me up a little bit with the Ben Simmons. <laughs> Never in a million years would I have thought you were going to include him in the steal. Uh, but now that we've settled down a little bit, yeah. I think that is a, I wouldn't say a fair trade because again, don't know why Phoenix is doing it. No. But if if Brooklyn came out of this whole mess, getting back Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, you have to count that as a win, considering everything. And then you have the Lakers, okay? You could do Kyrie, Patty Mills for Westbrook. How how many, if you're Brooklyn, do you have to have both picks or would like one pick satisfy you? I think you have to have both picks because they're so far out. Like you're not even getting the benefit of those picks for four years. I mean, obviously you can use them in a, in a subsequent trade and maybe it, it maybe you could construct a three-team deal where those picks are actually used for Brooklyn in the three-team deal so that they can yeah. get back a real player. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that deal that was being thrown out where they were going to send those picks unprotected for Fred Van Vliet and uh, Gary Trent Jr. If you could yeah. sh- construct a three-team deal where those guys are instead going to Brooklyn, I don't even mm-hmm. know if that all works. But if it was something like that, that would make me more interested as the Nets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> This is probably still because I think if you're the Lakers, you can talk yourself into the Kyrie LeBron pairing mm-hmm. and certainly talk yourself into the Kyrie LeBron Anthony Davis pairing. They don't have self-control. They actually occupy two of these categories and that I don't think they have self-control or the ability to be like super self-reflective. And so I think that they're going to I think they would give him the extension that he wants without the stipulations. And, you know, I think this is the most likely deal, too. Where if you're Brooklyn, well, this is just comedy, like high-level NBA comedy that you're reuniting LeBron and Kyrie and reuniting Russ and KD all in one. Well, and, and we haven't even talked about that. Like, if KD wanted out last summer, why why are we not – I mean – if this is really happening, are we just waiting on the Shams tweet that Kevin Durant has also asked for a trade before next week? Yeah, what is Durant? Yeah, what's Durant doing with this? I guess it depends on what they get back. And as we have discussed, I just have a hard time believing that somebody's actually going to give like a player of like a true player of consequence. I think Zach Levine is the one that like okay, that might be the only one that you could truly talk yourself into. And <sighs> I think if you're the Bulls, you need to do something. I would throw up if I were a Bulls fan, and that's what happened to my franchise. But I don't know, man. These are <laughs> these are the deals that are on the table, I think. Uh, before we end this, I just want to say I genuinely feel bad for Nets fans who yeah. put up with so much over these last couple of years, finally had a nice stretch of relatively drama-free basketball, you know, the, our friends, the glue guys, just having normal pods talking about basketball. Oh, great shows, yeah. KD was going to come back soon. They're going to get back to their winning ways. Hey, let's see what happens in the playoffs. And one week before the trade deadline, everything blows up. And as you <laughs> yeah. said, it's over. And maybe it was always over, but it definitely feels over now. It didn't feel over until 12.52 
p.m. Central Standard Time today. I, I would have actually given them a chance in the playoffs. <sighs> yeah. The healthy Kyrie, healthy KD. Now with this mess, I'm sorry. I don't even care. if may, Maybe they do the same thing they did before, and they were just like, we're not trading you. You can walk if you want, but we're going to keep you. I still think it's over. I just don't think you can go into the playoffs like this and win. in With the East as strong as it is, I just yeah. don't think you can do it. It's just too difficult. Uh, speaking of difficult, the uh, the Rockets are in the middle of a pretty difficult rebuild, and we're going to talk to Kelly Eco right after this. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, it is time for the Wheel of Fandom, the weekly segment where we spin a digital wheel that lands on a random NBA team and we become fans of that team. And this week, the Wheel of Fandom landed on the Houston Rockets. The worst team in the league, but not this week. The Rockets came into the week losers of 15 of their last 16, but the Wheel of Fandom smiled upon them, and Houston responded with an undefeated 2-0 week. On Saturday, they beat the Pistons without Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., or Alperin Shingoon. Then on Wednesday, the Rockets beat a fully healthy Oklahoma City Thunder team in Houston. The Rockets are 13-38, 15th in the West. According to Cleaning the Glass, they have the 30th-ranked offense and 28th-ranked defense. Andrew. If the wheel landed on the Rockets, who is our guest? The only person I want to talk Rockets with is my guy, Kelly Eco. Kelly, what's up? So, hey, it doesn't matter how bad you know the Rockets are. One thing I've seen, they will beat the Thunder. <laughs> yes, we've we have, seen that as well. We have also seen that. They won four in a row, which is just crazy. It's the wildest NBA stat of all time, but yeah, happy to be here, guys. So, Kelly, uh, a lot of guys are out this week, but one guy who showed up, in both games was Tari Eason, who had 16 and 10 against right. Detroit, 20 and 13 against the Thunder, including 12 offensive rebounds on his own. He had one play where he had like a million of them. It was just insane. Going back and look at the play-by-play is just hilarious. Uh, he has the best on-off numbers on the Rockets, according to Cleaning the Glass. He looks like one of the best rookies in the class by many advanced metrics. He seems like one of, if not the most impactful players on the Rockets. So why is he only averaging 20 minutes per game? Tari's game time, you know, is up there with one of the, you know, stranger things of this Rockets season. You would think a guy like that, and going back to, you know, his the whole pre-draft process, you know, he blew them away in the interviews. And even though he didn't actually get on the court, you know, they were just taken back with how confident he was and, the things he talked about, you know, being part of the culture reset and, you know, bringing him in and seeing how he just finds his way to the ball. And, and granted, he is a wild and crazy player, but he always finds a way to make things happen. He's going to be up there and deflections going to be up there and steals going to be up there and blocks, offensive rebounds. He's the biggest reason why the Rockets are the what, top two or top three offensive rebounding team in the NBA. But still, the game time is still hovering around you know, 20 or so minutes a game. I would chalk it up to the log jam they have at Ford, you know, going back to the whole Eric Gordon thing, KJ Martin, you know, still trying to figure out bringing back Jay Shantay into the mix. And then you still have Jabari Smith Jr. You know, it's a lot of guys that are vying for minutes to that spot. I, I, w- I would assume that 
know, because he's a rookie, you know, he's still going through the weeds of the whole rotational process. I would assume that next season, you know, he'll have more of a, you know, an entrenched role in the rotation. But right now, you know, the whole season has been a mess. So, it, you know, look, looking at Tari's minutes, you know, you kind of see why the Rockets have played the way they have. You know, they're a 13 win team, you know, for crying out loud. So, Obviously, you know, in terms of rotation and stuff, there's going to be, you know, a few discrepancies and a lot of question marks. But they do understand the kind of value they have in Tari. And um, the biggest thing or one of the most important things about the rebuild is is trying to see the pieces that will last. And there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, wherever the Rockets go in the next two to three years, Tari is going to be part of that core because, he just has an infectious attitude of making things happen. And for a team that wants to be better defensively, for a team that wants to eventually climb out of this rebuild, you need guys like that that are going to do the, the, the nitty-gritty work and have a nose with the ball. Yeah, you, you mentioned Jabari Smith Jr. What's your assessment on his rookie season so far? Uh, Up and down. I, I mean, his biggest strength coming into the year was supposed to be his shooting, and he struggled, I think, on catch and shoots alone this season. He's shooting... Um, like 29%. Now, granted, his struggles are a byproduct of Houston's overall offensive, you know, uh, ineptitude in terms of just getting guys the best shots, just overall half-court execution. Um, but defensively, at least, he's, he's given them a bright spot in terms of being versatile, being able to switch one through five. He's had a, a few or a number of games where he's been able to actually start his stuff on the defensive end where it's timely blocks, you no know, crisp rotations, and just being that guy that wants to be aggressive on the ball. And you know, obviously he's six ten with the seven, like seven two, seven three wingspan. So on paper alone, he should be a guy that you can build a defense around. Now, granted, the offense will come through, but he has improved in the area of putting the ball on the ground. Um, he's gotten a bit more confident driving to the rim, you know, being a little crafty around the elbows, stuff that that. You might not have seen so much at Auburn um, because he was granted he was known as a standstill knockdown 40% shooter. Um, I think the shooting will improve, um, but his struggles are, as I said, a byproduct of Houston's seasons as a whole. So one guy who we were complaining about not playing enough last season, who is getting minutes now, is Alperin Shingun. In his last 12 games, Shingun yeah. is putting up 18, 10, and 6, shooting 62% right. from the field. We saw his assist numbers jump in January with KPJ out of the lineup for most of the month. How committed right. do you think this organization is to developing him as a primary offensive hub like a Jokic or Sabonis? Is this all going to change when KPJ is back in the lineup, or do you think this recent stretch has changed things for the organization? I think it has. I think they always knew, the Rockets always knew what they had in Shangun, but the problem is when you try to juxtapose that with developing a Kevin Porter Jr., developing a Jalen Green, you know, with the way the NBA is going, if, if you don't have a Jokic or a Sabonis, you know, a lot of your offense is going to channel through your guards. And, you know, for Kevin, who's still learning the the the, the, the trade of being a point guard, and for Jalen, who's still learning how to become a better playmaker, that's where their priorities were. Now, granted, if you want to say that's incorrect, you know, that's fair, but they know what they have in Shangun. They know that Shangun is a guy that can make things easier on everyone else. And it's funny because one of the biggest talking points this season has been the Rockets trying to find a connector. Um, and it's crazy because they have one under their nose the whole time. And Shangun, he makes things easier. And 
you know, it, it, it makes more sense to kind of run more stuff through him to, to get guys open looks. Kevin Porter is obviously a great catch and shoot option. Um, you know, other guys can, can, can do that as well. But as far as offensive hub, he has all the tools. He can make, the, you know, the half court reads. He can set things up. You're watching him in games, directing traffic, pointing guys where to be, getting guys out the way. Um, the biggest question is, is that going to happen once, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. comes back and Jalen Green comes back because of how much they have the ball in their hands at all times? That's going to be the biggest question. I think it's going to be, it'll take some time to smooth things out because, as as we know, the season as a whole has been, you know, kind of stopped and start. But they understand that at least on paper. They've seen enough games to, 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 to understand what needs to be done from an offensive standpoint. The only thing is, can they carry that out from a consistent basis? So the trade deadline's just about a week away. Uh, what are your expectations right. for Houston at the deadline? And do we finally, are we finally going to get to see an Eric Gordon trade? If you're asking me, I, I still think so. I still think, you know, teams, from what I understand, the list has been um, narrowed down in terms of teams that are keen in on Eric Gordon just trying to, you know, play this whole thing out. I still think the NBA is in the holding pattern and they're waiting for the first shoe to drop. But in regards to Eric Gordon himself, there are a handful of teams right now that, you know, are becoming more and more aggressive and trying to acquire him. So it's just going to take, you know, I think there's a week left before the deadline. I, I think I would be surprised if he's still on the roster on February 10th, just because I just think this is the last year. I just think that, Everything has been building up to this point of, you know, finally setting Eric free. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there there is obviously the school of thought that says, you know, if they want to keep Eric, you know, he does have a non-guaranteed uh, deal next season. He has non-guaranteed money next season. You know, they still have the, the leverage on their side in terms of, you know, there's not a quote-unquote rush to do something. But if we're going off of logistics and we're going off of optics – it just feels like we're building up to an Eric Gordon trade, you know, in, in the next week or so. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he just wants a resolution on, on the situation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of if it's an extension, if it's a trade to a contender, you know, because I think everyone is pretty much fed up with this rebuild um, at this point um, from a veteran standpoint. But um, yeah, I think this is probably, if you ask me, I think this is. I would be shocked if he was there past you know, the deadline. So you've been writing a lot of articles about the trade deadline, and you wrote in a recent article that in prior instances involving Eric Gordon, Houston's main objective was to either secure a first-round pick or a quality young player, but with an right. important offseason head and a plan to fortify their veteran presence, there's a willingness to get a head start on that process if the opportunity presents right. itself. So let's assume Gordon does get moved in this next week. What type of vets are Houston – looking to add to this team? Like, are they looking for pieces that could be a part of their core or are they looking for vets who could fill smaller roles, but act as mentors for this young team? No, they're looking for pieces that are going to be part of their core. Okay. Um, a guy, a guy I've mentioned um, as a possibility, just want to consider is Robert Covington, someone who's making, I think around 12 million a year, someone who's been there before, who is a three and D guy, who is a win now guy, who is, you know, he's part of that if you talk about culture, you know, he's always going to be a team first, willing to do whatever it takes to win. Um, a defensive-minded vet, that's the kind of player or mold that they want. 
you know, if they're going to have to lose an Eric Gordon, because this is going to be the last year of the Rockets having 10 to 12 guys in the roster playing, you know, 15 or 18 minutes a game and the age 21 or younger. It's not going to happen ever again. Um, this <laughs> rebuilds take so long, but after three years, you know, with all the cap space they're going to have on the books, they're going to want to add a lot of vets to this team. So um, I, I compare it to kind of like how the Phoenix Suns did it, where um, they had these young players. They lost a lot of games. Then they, they got lucky and they, they added Chris Paul to the mix. You know, they developed Mikhail Bridges, developed the Devin Booker, developed Cam Johnson, stuff like that. Um, the Rockets want to be in a position of strength um, this summer. And part of that process is bringing on guys that have been there and done that and, and can help that locker room, you know, because – one thing they've they've lacked this season is is mentors, on court mentors. You know, Eric Gordon, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's isn't going to be the guy that's going to, you know, yell in your face or or rally the troops, quote unquote. He he does things by example. So some play, some players respond to that, but some players also respond to someone's gonna yell in your face, like a kind of like a Udonis Hasm type, but yeah, like Udonis Hasm like six years ago. So someone like could still have some juice on his legs. But um yeah, I think they will want to get that process started early if they can because it makes things easier. Because um, if you already have guys on the roster that are vet, you can. It's it's an easier thing to sell to incoming fridge. Like, look, we have X, Y, and Z on the roster already. Right. Add you to the mix can even take this to another level. So that's kind of what the thinking process is right there. So if we were to extend the Suns comparison, like if Robert Covington would be equivalent to like a Jay Crowder for them, is there right. someone out there who would be that Chris Paul piece that you can see? fitting on this team? Well, it's not Kyrie. But, uh, <laughs> I, was about, um, I was about to ask you that. <laughs> I, I, I think for, I think you could, you could use like someone like a Fred Van Vliet, mm-hmm. you know, okay. someone who's a veteran point guard, who's also has a presence on, on defense and who, you know, he's someone who knows how to play the game. He can score. Like he, he's, he's a, a willing pass. He's a known, he's a great playmaker. Someone like that, who you could try and sell a project to with, adding him to a, a young guy like a Jalen Green and adding him to a young guy like Jabari Smith Jr. and taking this team to another level. I think they have enough. I think they have a, they're going to have about 60, 65 million in cap. You know, if, if Fred Van Vliet's commanding, what, half of that, maybe you could add him and another piece, maybe a Dylan Brooks. Hey, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I just think that the whole Phoenix Suns model is, is, is an interesting one to follow because, Part of that process also involved Devin Booker taking that next step. Part of that process yep. also involved having a guy in DeAndre Aiden that's taking that next step in at Cam Johnson and a and a McCall Bridges. You know, there are a lot of pieces to that. But I still maintain the belief that point guard is the most important position in, in basketball. And if you have that nailed down, it makes a lot of things easier because you can, you know, you're an extension of the coach on the floor. So you're able to, you know, get those guys organized. The Rockets' biggest problem has been organization this season. They had the talent, but if you watch them play, you know, at sometimes it looks like they don't know what they're doing out there. And that all comes down to point guard play, organization, and structure. So I think adding a guy like a, a Van Vliet or, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, a D'Angelo Russell, someone that has a, a, an eye for, you know, half-court IQ and getting guys on the same page. Okay. What about James Harden? We were all... Oh, just, I forgot about James. Just yeah. trying to enjoy our Christmas, and and ESPN <laughs> had to ruin our day talking about James Harden to the Rockets. So, mm-hmm. like, is that is that a real thing from your standpoint? Um, 
Yeah, I definitely. So here's the thing about James Harden. Um, wherever there's smoke, there's fire. And it's been the worst kept secret in sports that James has an affinity for Houston. Mm-hmm. It's been the worst kept secret that James still spends a lot of time in Houston. He still has a lot of ties to the organization. He still has a lot of he has a lot of fans um, within the team in terms of young players that 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 see him as you know that kind of person and that kind of player. Um, so yeah, it's it's not it's not crazy. It's legit. I, I do think that a lot of things have to happen. You know, it, it's depending on a lot of factors because you know they're he's playing for a Philly team that's one of the top two, three teams in the Eastern Conference and probably the NBA. You know, they have a good as a shot as anyone to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe the NBA Finals. So um, the only way I could see something like that happening would be if Philly season went so south that, you know, coming home would, you know, be an attractive option. Because let's face it, if, if Philly gets to the finals or if they, you know, what would be the point of throwing that away just to come back to a project, right? Yeah. So it would have to be something that they would have to flame out in the first round in seven or get something in the second round for him to actually. But, you know, all this thing is, is in theory. It's just conjecture. Um, but it's fun to think about because you, you talk about point guards. He has reinvented himself as one of the league's premier point guards right now. He's averaging, what, 11 assists a game? Um, he, he obviously realizes that the way his body is set up, he's not going to be that 35-point-a-night scorer anymore. He doesn't have to be. Um Obviously, the immersive of Joel Embiid has, has made that job a bit easier for him to transition. But, you know, if he were to be in Houston with these guys, I mean, I think he would make a lot of things easier. He's a gift to play. Like, forget who James Harden is, the outside stuff. As far as playmakers go, he's top five, top top whatever you want to call it. He's, sure. he's that good of a – he's – like, when you watch him play, it's almost like he – doesn't even want to score that much anymore. Like he wants those guys to get involved early because it makes his job easier. He doesn't want to have doing that for five or six years puts a lot of pain in your body. You know, like just going through that whole phase of high usage, 35 usage, you know what I'm saying? Like it it does a lot of damage to your body. And we've seen the wear and tear effects on his body, all the hamstring injuries, the ankle injuries, stuff like that. So I, I think, you know, this new this new version of James Harden, you know, it could be a disaster. It could be one of the smartest things they ever did you know who knows but it's one to think about for sure this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game and more head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for answering our Rockets questions, but it is now time to play Andrew versus the Beat Rockets edition. 
Now, Kelly, you have played this before, and you actually remember that you had beaten Andrew the last time. So you could go up to 2-0. So how this works, eight questions all about the Rockets. Uh, You're going to give me a number between one and eight. It will correspond to a question. If you get it right, you'll get at least two points. If you get it wrong, Andrew will have a chance to steal for one. We'll go back and forth until all the questions have been asked and answered. So I just need you to give me a number between one and eight. So if I'm going to put myself in the mind of Andrew, hmm. his, his first question is probably the ones that are on his mind the most. So I'm going to go with eight. It's probably the question one number eight. Together. Interesting strategy. Okay. Uh, yep. When Eric Gordon was traded to New Orleans for Chris Paul, what else did New Orleans get in the trade? There are three pieces that they got in the trade. You have to like, name- oh, player, right? They got a Mech Okafor. That is incorrect. Andrew, you have a chance to steal oh for one point. Can you name all okay. three of the other pieces? The, the well, I guess there was the Hornets at that point. Got for Eric Gordon, for Chris Paul. So you got Eric Gordon, three other pieces, going to New Orleans. Oh, Wait, say say it all again, because I I was I was actually reading a message from our video guy, and now I'm confused. Andrew, you need to pay attention if you have any chance of winning this game. Uh, Okay, so when Eric Gordon gets traded from the Clippers to New Orleans for Chris Paul, it's not just Eric Gordon. There's three other pieces that go to New Orleans with Eric Gordon. You have to tell me what those pieces are. Was it Omer Osik in that trade? No. Okay, Kelly, who were you going to say? It was. It wasn't Okafor. I was. I was confusing. It was. It was. It was the the. Chris Kamen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris Kamen. Okay. It's one. Is of there the a pick? There. No. It was Chris. It was a. It was a. Chris Kamen. It wasn't a pick. It was Chris Kamen, and I want to say what is this man's name? Oh my God! Give me a hint. I know. I know. Uh, I know his name. Is Chief. Alfred Gamino. Yeah. Alfred Camino, Alfred and then Camino. they got a uh, 2012 first, which became Austin Rivers. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. All right, okay. Andrew. Zero, so zero. Ta- I, I, I was just, I'm just thinking about the Rockets the whole time. That's why I'm confused about this. Yeah, I was, I, I was, yeah. All right, it was, that's Rockets why it was the trivia. last question. I couldn't figure out any more Rockets questions. So okay. I just had to choose and make one up about Eric Gordon. All right. Okay. I told you. I told you. <laughs> Number one. All right, number one. This one is about the Rockets. Here we go. Okay, good. Uh, okay. Alperin Shengun is currently averaging 15 and 9 with three and a half assists per game. There are only three other players in NBA history who averaged 15, 9, and 3 before the age of 21. One is Luka Doncic. The other two were drafted in the 90s. One was a number one overall pick. The other won a ring with the Miami Heat. Who are they? So these are 20-year-olds drafted in the 90s. Who averaged at least 15, 9, and 3. One was a number one overall 15, pick. 15, 9, and 3. And the other won a ring with the Miami Heat. Okay. Uh, 20 year olds? Uh, they, yeah, they did this. They did the 15, 9, and 3 before the age of 21. Oh my gosh. That's what's tough in the 90s. Who is. That's right. Because those guys are staying in college. That's true, Andrew. A little tough. A little um, tough. That makes it really tough. You do get 15. one point for a correct answer. I just don't know wow. if he did this many assists. Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal is incorrect. 
Kelly, you could steal for both points. So as a reminder, the, so both these hit. guys drafted in the 90s. One was a number one overall pick. The other <coughs> won a ring with the Miami Heat. So so the number one overall pick was in the 90s? Yeah, but it wasn't Shaq, as we have learned. Was it Hakeem? It was not. Hakeem, no, Hakeem, Hakeem was older, right? Like Hakeem yeah. was like 20. It was, oh, Hakeem, was Hakeem was in the 80s. Hakeem was in the 80s. The number one overall pick yeah, yeah. was Chris Webber, 1593. Oh. And then the one that yeah. surprised me, won a ring with the Miami Heat. That was Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker did oh, that. Oh, wow. Three okay. As a 20-year-old. Was not, was not going to get there. I know. Well, wow. that's why I said won a ring with the Miami Heat. I mean, who else could it have been? If you think about it. a ton it. of guys. No. Tons, of, tons and tons that was of a guys. Good, that was a good question. It wasn't Chris Quinn. Uh, okay. <laughs> Kelly, uh, zero, zero. And I forgot to mark it. How's it zero, zero? Whoa. Hold on. How's a zero zero? Well, you didn't zero, get zero. it. I got no, you guys haven't both, gotten any. We both answered both questions oh. incorrectly. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> Damn. Yes, you have to okay, get the right to get number. points. I don't just give out the points. <laughs> I did get it right. I mean, I don't get half a point. Okay, no, no go. half points here. Let's go. let's go number seven. Question number seven. Okay, question number seven. Oh, this is a good one. Jalen Green had his second and third 40-point games of his career in January joining a list of only 12 Houston Rockets who have had at least three 40-point games. We're going to try to name the other 11. So we're going to go back and forth. So Kelly will give me a name, then Andrew will give me a name. We'll go back. Into- they're, all, they're all Houston Rockets? They're all Houston Rockets, and they all had at least three 40-point games as Houston Rockets. Okay. And so you're, you'll give me a name, Andrew will give me a name. We'll go back and forth until one of you stumbles. T-Mac. Trace McGrady is correct. Andrew. James Harden. James Harden. Great guess. He had a lot of them. All right. Back to Kelly. Steve Francis. Would you believe Steve Francis never had three 40-point games for the Houston Rockets? Wow. Now, Andrew, you have to get one more correct to get your one point. I have to get one more? Yeah. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon? That is correct. Okay. The other names, Russell Westbrook did it. Why not go? Russell oh Westbrook God. did it. Yeah, in that one yeah, he season. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, wow. yeah, he was good this season. Uh, he was good this season. Andrew, why are you so surprised? Are you a Russ hater? Uh, Ralph Sampson. Kind of. Calvin Murphy. Moses Malone. Elvin Hayes. Clyde Drexler. Rudy Tomjanovich. And then the one that surprised me, Katino Mobley. Katino Mobley. I, I should have said Mobley. That's what I meant to say instead of Steve Francis. That's crazy. Steve Francis. I meant to say Katino. Uh, wow. Andrew, uh, you got one point. Oh, and the God, I'm losing. Number two. High scoring affair. Number two, Rockets rookie Tari Eason grabbed 12 offensive rebounds in a game against the Thunder this week. Only three other big men have matched that this season. How many can you name? You get one point per correct answer. So these are big men this season oh my gosh. who grabbed 12 offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Some big boards. Big guys. men that have grabbed 12 offensive rebounds. Steven Adams. That is correct for one point. Um, There's two more. Two more. Offensive bounders. Jonas Valanciunas? Jonas Valanciunas, good guess, but incorrect. Kelly, you could get two points here. You could name the other two big men who got at least 12 offensive rebounds in a game this season. I'm a hint. Can you you have a hint? Uh, In the NBA... In the NBA, uh, one is a okay. center, one is not a center. 
Is it in the Eastern Conference? <laughs> I'm not telling you that. <laughs> 12 is a okay. lot. 12 is a lot of bounds. 12 man. is a lot. Okay, I'm going to say a lot of bounds. Zubach. Kelly, that is correct for one point. Ooh, nice. that was a good pull. That was a good pull. Okay, so I did give you a little hint, which I didn't think you'd help you that much, but you did name the center. So now you at least know that the other name is a non-center. Wait, but do I have a point? Yeah, you got one point. You could get another point here if you could name the, the third guy. Non-center. Oh, not Giannis. It is not Giannis, though that is a good guess. It was Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. That's what I knew. Somebody wow. quirky. I, I, wow. Yeah. And it was a quirky one. Okay, Kelly, you did score a point, so now you're only down one, and you have control of the board. Where would you like to go so next? Let's go. Let's go with four. Question number four. four. Ooh, this is a good one. What is Boban Marjanovic's career high for points in a game? Now, before you answer, <laughs> you get to choose who answers first. So you can make I'll, I'll, you can make Andrew answer first, and then you can go higher or lower. Or if you're really oh confident, gosh. you can answer first. I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna let my good friend, Mr. Select, take a stab at it. All right, Andrew. What do you think, Boban's career high for points in a game? Boban career high, twenty four. Twenty four is where Andrew has set the bar. Kelly, would you like to go higher or Boban. lower? Boban, it's got to be bigger than twenty four. Uh, he, I'm gonna. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Okay, question. Yeah. Before I answer, if we both met, get it wrong, whoever's closest, do we get the point? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if you go higher and it's actually you lower, say, you Andrew just have to say point. higher or lower. Is all you have to say. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 32. Okay, you didn't have to choose a specific number, but you got within one point because it was 31, which means you oh. get the two points. Boban once scored wow. 31 points in a game. Who was it against? And who was he playing for? Uh, I will get you that information right now. Uh, because uh, because I, I looked it up. He had a career high 31 he points against the Denver Nuggets. Wow. Denver Nuggets. As a what? Uh, that was, was in he? 2020. March. 2020 they were playing basketball games in covid yeah wasn't that covid <laughs> bubble was that in march bubble boban no it was right it was right before but it was right before oh, the nba stopped right so that was like oh, the okay. last game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh andrew you're now down three to two uh, and there are uh, three questions left you have control of the board <laughs> uh number three question number three there are only two players on the Rockets currently shooting above 35% from three. Who are they? And you get one oh point per correct answer. And I will say they, there is a two-way guy who has hit one three. It's, I'm not including him. Just regular rotation guys. There are two that are shooting over can 35%. You, but, but can you – is there like a qualifier? Like you have to have played, you have to have played how many games or something like that? Uh, the only, the only qualifier is that uh, – that one two-way guy isn't included. Everyone else is fair game. Everyone else is fair game. Is, is it, how and many guys no, above And there's not like a guy that's like, it's not based on attempts either. Like you don't have to have a certain number of attempts. No, that's what I'm saying. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it catched? Nope, it's just shooting over 35% for three. I mean, they, they've shot at least, uh, they've shot more than one. Uh, the two-way guy's named Trevor Hudgens. He's had one three-point attempt. He's made it. But we're not including shout him. Out to, shout out to Trevor. I think I know this. I think what? Usman Garuba is one of them. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. Garuba Usman is one Garuba is one Garuba of the names. One. Andrew, can you get the other yeah. one? And I believe point. the second one is our guy who we just gave all the love at the top of this, Tari Eason. 
Andrew, that is absolutely correct. Wow, very impressive, Andrew. You have pulled oh back God. ahead with two questions left. All right. How did you even know that? Yeah, why did you know that? Why did you know that Usman Garuba? <laughs> it's was Rockets your- Week. It's Rockets Week. I, I was exploring some <laughs> Rocket stats earlier. <laughs> Yeah, he's shooting 46% from three on 0.5. But it's uh, like not hardly any, right? Like it's it's, it's, on, it's all like, on the corners. It's, it's like not all like nothing. One, um, yeah. It's not all nothing, Andrew. Okay, it's 24 threes. Okay, that's something. That's a little something. Okay, Kelly, <laughs> number five or number six? Um, let's go six. All right. Let's go six. This could be good for you or it could be bad, depending on your knowledge of the Houston Rockets nicknames. Now, did you know that the Houston Rockets have relatively few nicknames on basketball reference? I'm going to give you five nicknames for Rockets players. Only one is basketball reference official. Which one is it? So I'm going to give you five nicknames. Only one of them appears on basketball reference. So the nicknames are the Bobinator, Zero G, Ferrari Tari, Black Joker, or the Locksmith. Once again, that is the Bobinator, Zero G. It's the the Locksmith. The Locksmith. The Locksmith is your guess as the only official basketball reference nickname. I swear to God, I've heard Zero G before. If that's the... I'm going to go the Locksmith. He's going the Locksmith. That is a nickname for Jabari Smith Jr., but it is not on basketball reference. Oh, my God, it's Zero G. Andrew. (laughs) Say, say them again, please. The remaining nicknames are <laughs> the Bobinator, Zero G, Ferrari Tari, or Black Joker. Ferrari Tari. <laughs> it's a cool one, isn't it? The oh, Bobinator. Ferrari. Gosh, that can't. <sighs> I don't think that's definitely not one. <laughs> the- <laughs> say them one more time. Just for my entertainment and just for my brain, because I can't keep more than one of these nicknames in my head at once. Once I hear Bobinator, like every every other thought in my head just Well, leaves. you remember the Bobinator. Uh Zero G, Ferrari Tari, or Black Joker. I guess I'll say Zero G. I don't have any idea. Zero G, that is a nickname for Jalen Green, but it is not basketball reference official. The only one that was basketball reference oh, official. Jo- I'm stupid. It is Joker because of Kevin Porter Jr. It is Black oh, Joker. Oh my god. Because of Kevin wow. Porter Jr. Wow. All right, Andrew. Wow. That, one. that means that all you have judgment. to do is get this final question correct. I can't lose to Andrew, man. And you can win. And, <laughs> and to let you guys know, this final question, <laughs> there's three possible points. So, uh, oh, what? yeah, this could, this could swing it. Okay, of okay. the 25 so that- most played two-man lineups on the Rockets this season, only three have a positive net rating. Which three Rockets appear in those positive two-man lineups. So there's three of these two-man lineups. Only three Rockets appear in those lineups. You get one point per correct answer. And these are 25 most played two-man lineups this season. Who's going first? Uh, Andrews. Mm-hmm. This is me. Andrew yeah. could potentially. So he has to name, he has to name, he has to name three players. Uh, that is correct. Tari Eason. That is correct for one point. Andrew, you could finish the game off right here if you can get one more correct. If you cannot do it, Tony will have a chance to tie the game and send this into overtime. Is this is there a minutes limit on this? Well, the minutes oh limit is God. that these are the most played. I know the lineups, answer. So you better not say this. You better not say it. You better not say it. Uh. <laughs> hey, if I get all three, 
What happens? Well, I mean, Andrew already got one of them, so you'd only be getting two at that point. But if you if I get two, what happens? If, if, I win the game. If Andrew screws up here and you get the other two, we'll have a tie game and we'll go into overtime. Sudden death. Sudden okay. death question. Hey, give him a time. He's wasting time. <sighs> You're interrupting me. <laughs> um, what about KJ Martin? KJ Martin is he? Oh man. In the positive net rating lineups? Yeah, he is. He is. He is, Andrew, for the win. Yes! Can you get the third yes. guy? Yeah, let's go double or nothing. Double or nothing right now. If you, if you get... <laughs> I just won. I'm not going double or nothing on a game I just won. <laughs> but, Andrew, you can get two trivia wins if you do double or nothing. Does this cancel out your previous win? I'm not doing that. No. Um, last one. I, I was asking about the minutes limit because of Jay Sean Tate. But. This is Garuba. Uh, it is actually Alperin Shingun. Alperin oh, Shingun. Oh, it's, it's gone up since recently. Oh, yeah, wow. it is Shingun. Wow. Yeah, in fact, the Shingun and like Eason minutes are pretty interesting. I think they've only played like 300 minutes together, but uh, they're pretty yeah, spicy. Uh, well, yeah. I was honestly, I was sad when I heard that you weren't going to be in Salt Lake before. Now I'm even more sad that I can't rub it in your face in person in Salt Lake City. But are you going to be in Oklahoma City tomorrow? God, no. <laughs> ah, dang it. Dang it. I really, really wanted the opportunity. Okay. Kelly, thanks so much for coming on. Go read Kelly on The Athletic. He's great. He's got lots of really fun trade pieces out there right now involving the Rockets. So go read those. Kelly, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Peace out. All right, Andrew. That was Rockets Week. They went 2-0. and Pretty good work for the Wheel of Fandom. Uh, let's see who we get this week. We still have 18 teams remaining. A lot of good teams on here. Again, we'd love to get a team that's involved in the trade deadline. Is Brooklyn? Have we done Brooklyn? We have not. Brooklyn is a possibility. Let's spin the wheel and see what we get. This week's Wheel of Fandom team will be the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, that's that's, that's pretty juicy for trade deadline week. That's a good trade deadline week. One for sure, because they all they're they're gonna do something. I don't know what it's gonna be, but they're gonna do something. Hey, maybe it's trading Which, uh, Robert Covington to the Houston Rockets, as we just. Hey, discussed. maybe a little foreshadowing from Slam and Jam, right, right for your trade deadline, right there. Okay, something else that you can do is leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts, and that will get your name read on the podcast. So, our first one comes from T dot colon F Y L comma i o i seven c b eight h slash colon dot y eight u nine eight we're having a, a this is two weeks in a row is a we've bot? had a our bot, a bot. Have, have we set up a bot <laughs> to leave us positive reviews <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh it says five stars great show okay thank you <laughs> took a little longer to read the name than it did the review but we still very much appreciate it hey andrew uh, hey andrew, hey, andrew. Yes, yes 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 i was just looking at the schedule guess who the clippers yeah. play this week hmm at the knicks at the nets oh oh and then dallas good. espn next wednesday that's wow good. very that's that's great that's great for the wheel good job wheel uh okay next one last one from Mr. Noodle Arms in Great Britain. Five stars. Before I read this review, Alex, I just want to say I do think the Thunder need to trade <laughs> at least two firsts and Poku. Uh, 
uh, a first in our hearts for Julius Randle at the deadline. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> His brand of bully ball is exactly what we need to <laughs> Mr. <laughs> next to Mr. Mr. Noodle Arms Chet. Otherwise, great pod all the way from England. XOXO. Thank you so much for that review. And, and that's just proof that I will read what you write as a five-star review on Apple Podcasts on the show. So please do that. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the weekend, the basketball, and the juicy trades. And we will talk to you guys again next week.